Hello, shit detectives. Welcome back to part two of the Set Monster of Colorado. For a quick recap, we covered how the family came to meet the Set Monster, how Al went through all the mental torture to find out where Ganon was. We covered the background of the Step Monster, and most importantly, we covered who Ganon was. In this second part, we will be discussing Letitia's abhorrent behaviour in court, the verdict and the aftermath, and the ridiculous extremes that Letitia is willing to go to in order to claw at whatever attention she can grab. So with that, let's delve in. Letitia originally pleaded not guilty and later changed her plea to not guilty by reason of insanity to charges of first-degree murder and evidence tampering in the 2020 death of the 11-year-old Gannon Stalch. Before we continue on to the arrest and court proceedings, it's important to know what the definition of insanity is in court of law in Colorado. Under Colorado court law, to be classified as insane at the time of murder means that at the time of the offence, the defendant did not have any understanding of the difference between right and wrong and lacked the ability to form an intent to commit a crime. After Stepmonster was placed under arrest, Letitia was captured on camera evaluating the handcuffs before wiggling out of them, where she grabbed an unopened monster can and tried to hit the officer sat in the back with her. The car comes to a halt and the two other officers recuff her with her hands behind her back. In the footage, she is shown in court trying to struggle whilst officers instruct her to cooperate. While Stepmonster is saying, I will with you, but not with her, while still continuing to struggle. It's top logic, that. Shortly after this, Letitia had her preliminary hearing, which she didn't attend in person. The judge did question this, but the defence said that the defendant had every confidence in her defence team and their decisions that the defendant had elected not to attend in person, instead opting for WebEx. They managed to get her connected only for her to state, I don't want to be here, and leave. Judge Gregory Werner ruled that the preliminary should continue without her. On the note of Judge Werner, we like as a judge who allows the jury to ask questions and allows them to ask for clarification on what was meant when the usage of jargon wasn't too clear. Of course, this was after each question was attorney approved. This particular case was live streamed across multiple platforms and channels, which is how we came across it. Here's the key points of court. That monster and her defense team claimed that she'd suffered a psychotic break brought on by years of suppressed childhood trauma from childhood abuse and claimed she had a condition known as dissociative personality disorder or DID as we'll be abbreviating it to. For those not in the know, here is a bit of background into DID. To fully understand DID, we first have to understand dissociative disorders and how they differ from the mental health symptom of disassociating. With a dissociative disorder, the dissociation isn't necessarily in your control and it tends to be a regular experience that is described as distressing and regular. These dissociations usually have an impact on your regular day-to-day -day life and we cannot stress this enough if you dissociate, it doesn't necessarily mean you have a dissociative disorder and you should be speaking to a health professional if you have concerns. 
Going back to DID, formerly known as multiple personality disorder, it is usually a natural result of coping with childhood trauma. A person with DID will experience intense changes in identity. According to Mind.org, to a person with DID, it may feel as though different aspects of their identity are in control of their behaviour and thoughts at different times. This can be demonstrated different ways from person to person. Some people say that their identity states have different ways of thinking and relating to the world around them. Sometimes the states can present as different genders and ages. Sometimes one particular identity feels the most you and will become known as the host identity. Depending on the identity state, a person might feel that they are experiencing conflicting memories, a loss of control when an identity takes over, and there is also a potential for amnesia when another identity state or part takes over. According to the DSM-5, the way in which DID presents itself is different from person to person, and the type of DID you have, possession or non-possession, it's usually variable depending on what your culture and upbringing is. For example, a belief in demons, you'll switch the demon, therefore you are possessed. So if you have possession DID, and obviously there is a small percentage of those with non-possession who state that the switches are easier to observe, whereas in non-possession DID, you have more subtle changes and it's not often immediately noticeable by those around them. Further to this, the elaboration to the point that Letitia claimed, where they had their own names, handwriting style and fashion sense, is so infinitesimal that it's not actually listed as a necessary manifestation in the DSM-5-TR. Letitia claimed that she had numerous states varying from Jasper, a vampire from the Twilight series, to a state called Maria. Interestingly, Jasper is the only one of the Cullens who struggled with his lust for human blood and is the only one of the Cullens to have any sort of incident involving Bella. While Maria, who conveniently enough shares the name of the vampire who turned Jasper to help her with her army of newly turned vampires, was described as volatile, aggressive and protective, with the teacher stating at one point, Maria only comes out when I need protection, so I can't get her to come out to you. Despite saying this, Maria managed to make an appearance for a Dr. Lewis, who we will talk about shortly. Anyway, the main way to tell if someone has DID is discontinuities in their sense of self-agency or self. In court, the defence expert Dr Lewis, who was featured in a HBO series and turned up late to testify, concluded that Stouch suffers from disassociative identity disorder and was insane when she allegedly killed Ganim, stating she was psychotic at the time, not in touch with reality, and I don't think she knew the difference between right and wrong. I don't even know if she knew what she was doing, Lewis said. However, the prosecution had objections from the off because she spent unapproved additional time with the stepmonster and additionally they asked if she was licensed in Colorado, which she wasn't and nor was she aware of what the legal definition of sanity was in the state of Colorado. To give a bit of context, we're going to share with you a clip of one of the interviews with Dr Lewis that was shared in the trial. Someone else can take over and hurt someone and that's not where I want to be. Yeah, because I don't want to do that. Like, that's not. So, why do you have to touch? You know, it would be so intense. Yeah. What do you want to fix? 
I gotta say it's for good intentions, though. You know, it's it's not like it's just like just some random person who don't cause problems. <laughs> you know, it's for good. No, maybe it doesn't look good for some people, but it's for good. It's for someone that's coming heaven better. Really, nothing to be bad by or state and over. It's really bad, but heaven will. What's happening? What's going on here in that piece? I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a violent person. Well, I am not violent at all. I am not going to let people be tired to the bed. So I'm not going to let people be hurt because I don't do this to me. Okay? If someone is trying to hurt people, I'm going to make sure they're okay. Because that is what I do each and every time. I'm going to always make sure that people are going to be okay. So I don't look. Could you just understand why I'm always being asked? What is going on in here? Because this is my job to do things for people and to protect them. Because yeah. it's what I have to do. That is I'm going to always do that because if people are molesting kids and people are hurting kids, it's what I do for them. And if people are hurting with elderly people and people are always doing this to people, this is what I'm going to do. And if people are inside your home or inside my home, I'm going to protect them. Do you understand that? The other expert, Dr. Torres, who has previously testified about someone's sanity in Colorado a number of times and is licensed and familiar with Colorado law, claims self does not suffer from dissociative identity disorder and was sane when she allegedly killed Ganem, and that she highly suspects Stout may have been feigning her symptoms and suspects the presence of a personality disorder with borderline and narcissistic traits. We can't say for certain because there needs to be more time than what the court parameters were. In an article online, Max Watchell, a forensic psychologist based in Denver, who has conducted several sanity evaluations in crime cases in Colorado, spoke with the Gazette and discussed abnormalities in Stouch's case. Watchell said that it's actually incredibly common for two experts to have a difference in opinion on sanity reports in a criminal case. And it comes down to a credibility contest. Which expert does the jury believe more, Watchell explained. Usually you can find two credible experts who will conclude differently on sanity. What makes the Stouch case much more abnormal, according to Watchell, is the major difference at which the two experts disagree. Watchell explained that usually when sanity is brought up in a criminal case, it's because there is clear, well-documented history of severe mental illness within the defendant and the existence of the mental illness is not disputed by the prosecution or its expert. The trial commenced with opening statements, defence stating that the step monster of Colorado didn't deny killing Gannon. It was just the result of her psychotic break. The prosecution argued that she was in fact sane, and that she knew what she was doing when she killed Gannon, 
and that her actions prove that. Though the defence argued not guilty by reason of insanity, El Paso County prosecutors argued that the brutality of Gannon's death and Letitia's attempts to cover it up showed the premeditation, judgment and reflection of a sane person who is trying to manipulate others and deflect the investigation from her. We heard from Al Stouch, who testified that allegations Letitia had made about Gannon didn't collaborate with a boy who was a mama's boy, an affection that often stretched to include Letitia. He didn't believe him to be afraid of her. Al testified that on January 26, 2020, which was a Sunday, he learned about an accidental candle spill. Letitia had told him that there were bubbly spots on both sides of Gannon's arms and claimed that Gannon had knocked over a candle by accident, which had caused a fire. She said she jumped on the 11-year-old to put out the fire. On January 28, 2020, which was a Tuesday, Al stated he went on a solo search for Gannon, then decided to search for Letitia's car. Al said her car was not where she claimed it would be. After this discovery, Al said he went into the sheriff's office a second time that day for another interview. During this second interview, Letitia was not present. Al said that he expected to find Gannon inside Letitia's car. Her brother, Dakota Lowry, also testified, and he made no secret of his feelings about his sister from the very beginning of his testimony. He looked directly at Letitia before he took the stand and shouted in anguish, why Letitia? He recalled how the family had flown into Colorado to aid her in moving out of the family home. He felt a need to catch a plane and go and help Letitia. Dakota stated, we felt like she had been wrongly accused for something we thought she'd never do. He also wanted to help in the search efforts in any way he could because he believed Gannon was still alive. But at first, he was aggravated by the way members of law enforcement were treating Letitia that day. On the stand, he said, I felt like we was getting looked at as criminals. He then spoke about seeing Letitia struggling with the suitcase she claimed to contain softball equipment. He testified that everything changed in that moment. The prosecution produced a picture from the crime scene where Gannon was found and asked Lowry if he recognised anything. He stated that the suitcase that contained Gannon's remains was the same suitcase Letitia had been struggling with that day. Lowry later said that while he watched Letitia put the suitcase in the rental van that day, he suddenly knew of the crime she had committed. He also spoke of the numerous lies she would spin to try and convince family members and law enforcement that she was innocent. We also heard from Harley Hunt, Letitia's daughter, who gave an emotional testimony, mentioning how she truly believed her mum to be innocent until recently. She was informed by someone on the internet that her mother had lied about the cause of death of her husband, Chance, shortly before the trial. Harley had been led to believe that her father had died in a gruesome and violent robbery gone wrong. The truth was, her father had died from an overdose. As you may remember from the timeline of Gannon's disappearance, 
Letitia texts Harley asking for a carpet cleaner, trash bags and baking soda shortly after Harley had picked her stepsister. Police stated in the affidavit that they believed the items were used to clean up the crime scene. Detectives noted Harley refused to speak with investigators on her mother's orders, text revealed. But police were able to verify that she was at work when Gannon was likely killed. The prosecution ended Harley's time on the stand by asking if she still loved her mother. Harley, absolutely heartbroken and in tears, was unable to answer and the question was withdrawn. Damn prosecution. What a way to destroy the poor girl's mental health. The search history on her phone was revealed, with the following timeline of searches that sounds more like a journal than a genuine inquiry typed into a search engine. Saturday, 25th January 2020. Find real military singles. Parenting should be four people, not one. I'm overdoing all the work. For my stepkids and their mum doesn't help. Mum advised from a stepmum. If you aren't involved it, your kid's life, you are shitty. Your husband's ex-wife does nothing for her lids. I wonder if my husband's ex-wife is sending me a card since I raise her kids. I wonder if my husband's ex-wife is sending me a Valentine's card since I raise her kids. One day, some people will wish they treated you differently. Why should my husband choose me over family? Find me a rich guy who wants me to take care of his kids. Find a guy who wants me to take care of his kids and get paid. Search terms found on Letitia's iPhone. Find me a new husband book. I feel like I'm just a nanny, not a stepmom. Husband uses me to babysit his kids. Are there any free money to, to move away from this bad situation? My husband never posts about me, but does everything else. My husband only cleans up for the, the army, not me. I'm just a glorified babysitter. Find a new husband. Send my husband sexual messages and he ignores them. Make my husband want me more. I feel like my husband uses me to babysit his kid. Find a guy without kids. Sunday, 26th of January, 2020. It's crappy. Some parents don't care for their kids or buy them presents. Parents are those who put their kids before their nails. Monday, 27th of January, 2020. My son burnt the carpet. How do I fix it? Will humidifier help if I if exposed to smoke? Smoke effects will humidifier help. Smoke from fire affects humidifier help. Colorado law for kids dating sick at home. School is out. Is it okay for my kid to stay at home alone? My son is sick. I have to go to work. Son sick. Can he stay home? Suede repair kit for the sofa. El Paso Sherry's office. January the 20th, 28th, 2020, Letitia conducted a Google search which consisted of Can Nintendo find my Switch? Further evidence included timestamp photographs and videos which indicated on the morning of the 27th of January, Gannon was still alive. 
The photographs include a picture from approximately 8.13am, which showed he was asleep in bed. His Nintendo Switch is visible in the photo. Detectives said the gaming system was very important to Gannon, and it has never been found. One of Letitia's neighbours gave testimony and talked about Letitia's unusual response to Gannon going missing. This neighbour claimed that Letitia didn't participate in the community search, did a local media interview where she focused entirely on defending herself as opposed to asking for help to find Gannon, and asked for support in telling authorities that Gannon left in a man's car by trying to convince a neighbour to lie to police about having witnessed it. Dep Christopher Ganstein recounted Letitia's fight-or-flight response when she was presented with a warrant. He said Letitia ran full sprint away from him. When he handcuffed her, he said she was hysterical, screaming and yelling obscenities. Because, you know, that totally doesn't look massively suspicious. FBI agent John Greasing gave testimony in regards to his interrogation and interview with Letitia at Myrtle Beach Police Department after her arrest. Greasing testified that Letitia would challenge him on knowing statements about where Gannon was. He said if he wasn't correct with his guesses about what happened to Gannon, Letitia would get upset. Greasing said Letitia was reluctant to answer questions and didn't give him any clues to help find Gannon. On redirect, Greasing testified her not being able to articulate a last image of Gannon was very indicative that the last image was awful. I came away with more of a certainty that something bad happened to Gannon. Detective Pete Vigil testified that on January 28, 2020, when he searched the residence, he noticed Gannon's bedroom had an ammonia bleach smell. When the medical examiner gave testimony, it truly became harrowing. According to the report, Gannon was shot in the jaw, stabbed 18 times and beaten, having sustained four lacerations associated with blunt force trauma, a fractured skull and defensive wounds on his hands. Hydrocodone was also found in his system, which is very unusual to find in a child's body because it is a controlled drug. Some of his wounds were defensive wounds as well, because that young lad was a warrior who fought back as best he could. Hydrocodone is an opioid used to treat pain and is a cough suppressant. It's used to treat moderate to moderately severe pain. Studies indicate that hydrocodone is as effective or more effective than codeine for cough suppression and nearly equipotent to morphine for pain relief. Hydrocodone primarily binds and activates the mu opioid receptor in the central nervous system and possesses analgesic and antitwissive effects. Binding of hydrocodone to this receptor also results in analgesia, euphoria, respiratory depression, decreased gastrointestinal motility and physical dependence. In basic terms, Gannon had been drugged with the substance that would have severely inhibited his ability to fight back and he still fought her because his very essence was that of a warrior. The fact that this drug was in his system shows the level of premeditation before the attack. Al explained in his testimony about how he injured his finger in May 2019 and got prescription medications to deal with the pain, including hydrocodone. He said only he and Letitia knew where it was kept. 
Detective Tim Farrell from the EPCSO took the stand and described what he saw on the night of the 28th of January 2020 in the Stout family home. He claimed that detectives found a pair of shoes on the washer-dryer that seemed out of place, with a pink residue on the soles. He said the investigators had suspicions that it was blood and the shoes had attempted to be washed. Farrell said detectives also observed and took photos of evidence in and around the home. He said there were burn marks on the couch in the basement and a piece of carpet had been cut out. There were trash cans in the backyard, which included the piece of carpet that was cut out. They also found a candle with a piece of fabric inside that didn't match the burned carpet or the couch. Farrell said detectives then went to Gannon's room where they took all the blankets and sheets off of Gannon's bed to reveal there was discoloration on the mattress. Farrell stated that the detectives also found guns in the master bedroom, including the master bedroom closet. He said, something seemed off, we couldn't put a finger on it. That's when they had more suspicions of what had happened to Gannon. He's quoted as saying, we were concerned based on Letitia's actions and how she was acting, that there may be something more than we know at this point. A witness testified to the carpet being made to be burn resistant. She said in order to achieve the char mark in the basement, there needed to be a sustained amount of heat aimed at this location. Lieutenant John Sarkeesian with the EPCSO also gave testimony. He shared with the court about the bloody board discovered near Palmer Lake. This was a place that investigators knew without a shadow of a doubt that he should visited as they had been tracking her whereabouts. The board matched up with a board still in the family's garage. Not only this, but the DNA of the blood on the board matched the DNA taken from blood found in Gannon's bedroom. From the same sheriff's office, Commander Mitch Mihalko gave testimony and recalled how it became increasingly difficult to communicate with Letitia as they focused on her as a suspect. He stated that as the investigation continued, he came to believe that something violent had happened in the Stouch family home due to the blood patterns and stains that were uncovered in Gannon's bedroom. As of February 7th, 2020, the scene had been on lockdown. He also noted that Letitia was not acting like a step-parent or how a parent would act in missing child cases. In the affidavit, detectives pointed to the rented Kia as suspicious. Investigators located no evidence that the Tiguan was not mechanically functioning or noted any reason why it could not have physically been driven. The car was left in the airport short-term parking lot until the evening of January 28th. The police obtained a search warrant for the Kia, which tested positive for blood matching Gannon's DNA profile. Melissa Beresford, a crime scene investigator with the Metro Crime Lab, was also called to the stand. She analysed the bloodstains in Gannon's bedroom on the walls, baseboard and floor area. Beresford is quoted as saying, There was something dynamic that happened there more than just a single event that happened in that room. She also stated, to have blood at that scale, there has to be some movement in that scene. A bloody object being swung was present in that room. Beresford described what happened in Gannon's bedroom as violent. She said, of the blood patterns going in different directions, that tells me there's probably more than one event happening to produce these stains. Speaking of the blood splatter, in the affidavit, 
police pointed to physical evidence that support that a violent event occurred in his bedroom, which caused bloodshed, including blood splatter on the walls and enough blood loss to stain the mattress, soak through the carpet, the carpet pad and stain the concrete below his bed. Law enforcement applied Blue Star to the residence, found presumptive hits for blood throughout the house, notably the garage, laundry room, basement stairs, storage room and Gannon's bedroom. Letitia's behaviour in court. Take it away, Turtle. The judge stated during the trial that he'd already given her a warning on how to behave in court and she was not permitted to just blurt and shout out comments. He stated to her the rules of sitting at the council table are you can't express disagreement to anything or an agreement that is said by a witness. Letitia was witnessed on several occasions in court sticking her middle finger up at the witnesses and their family members. She was also heard once shouting no very loudly and acting oddly. The presiding judge even went as far as threatening to handcuff her during the trial. As Judge Gregory Warner described Letitia's previous stance could be construed as shutting down people, including a witness and maybe family. He had the defence table shifted so that she was more in his line of sight, and Warner cautioned Letitia against certain actions, such as stretching out her fingers and leaving one more prominent than the other. These actions, in his opinion, would be seen as disrespectful to the process. It is disrespectful to the court and the court process. He added that he believed it would be a form of intimidation of witnesses and an attempt to influence the evidence. A 12-person jury in Colorado Springs deliberated for nearly eight hours over two days before announcing its verdict. The overwhelming evidence and testimonies against the step monster of Colorado weighed heavily, and the verdict was a solid guilty and sane. Hooray! They found right! After the verdict was reached, we heard from the family in two impact statements from Landon and Al. Landon describing how Letitia was a monster and the things she would miss about her dear son, Gannon. She also described how the case has been bringing people to God, and she found comfort in that. She thanked everyone for their time and hopes that God would help her find the strength to eventually forgive Letitia. Or she asked of him that in the event that she can't find forgiveness for Letitia, that God will grace Landon with forgiveness. While Al made it clear to Letitia that he had moved on, mentioning his new wife, who has helped him through his grief and guilt about what happened to Gannon, he described his last in-person memory of Gannon, which was being wished good night and telling each other they loved one another. He stated in his statement that he wished Letitia would be referred by her unmarried last name. As to him, it seemed cruel to have his son tied by name to the monster who snubbed out his light. Al also tried to read a message that Gannon's younger sister had written, but as it was written in yellow, it wasn't easy. For anyone who is interested in hearing these statements, Law and Crime on YouTube has the impact statements as separate videos, and they truly are a bit heartbreaking listening to them, I'm not going to lie. And Letitia, the disgrace of a stepmother, was sentenced. Judge Werner made comment about how he presided over cases in which there has been a violent incident, 
where the individual has blacked out, whether because of mental health or other reasons such as substance usage, and how they are usually, in his experience, absolutely devastated. Wanting to fill in the lost time, they are usually cooperative with the authorities. Well, as cooperative as they can be, they did black out. They are usually remorseful towards the victims and their families. He then stated how none of this was applicable to Letitia. Judge Werner also stated that thought should be spared for the individuals who do genuinely suffer with the condition that Letitia claimed to have and the stigma that already exists that she has fed. Judge Werner addressed Letitia before delivering her sentence saying, I can, however, say without hesitation that the facts in this case are the most terrific I have ever seen. Your conduct in this case deserves the maximum punishment I can impose under Colorado law. He then read out each charge and the sentence that she was to serve each one separately, essentially making it very difficult to appeal should she decide to try. Letitia was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole for two counts of murder in the first degree, 12 years with three years of parole for tampering with the deceased human body and 18 months for tampering with physical evidence. Oh, it should be. She should never get out of prison. Aftermath of the trial. After the step monster was convicted of murder, Al Stouch stated in an interview that he wanted zero connection to his ex-wife. And to add emphasis to this point, he sought no restitution from her. Al is quoted as saying, that opportunity would be there for us to seek restitution for all the losses. And my losses are tremendous. My losses are well in the six figures, but I would, and this is maybe my stubbornness, but I would rather pay every cent of those losses back than be connected with her. In the aftermath of the trial, the company whose step monster had taken out Gannon's life insurance with approached court and asked what to do in terms of the payout. This led to a series of court dates where it was decided that the money should be paid to the court while a decision was reached. It would be later split between both his biological parents on order of the court. 13 investigates spoke with attorney Jeremy Lowe, who explained why USAA took measures to determine who should collect Gannon's life insurance money. Jeremy Lowe is stated as saying, when you take out an insurance policy, the insurance company has an obligation to pay on that policy. If they don't pay on that policy, the insurance company can be sued for triple damages. They've essentially given the money to the court and they've asked the court to decide who the money should go to, if anybody at all. Letitia sues El Paso County. 39-year-old Letitia, the step monster of Colorado, has gone as far as to put in a lawsuit to sue El Paso County for alleged mistreatment while in jail. Because this narcissist craves the level of attention that only a queen would receive, she genuinely expected to go to jail and still have life revolve around her. Claims made in the lawsuit range from medical neglect while in the county jail to rights violations such as a lack of kosher food. The suit filed on the 22nd of September 2022 following a court appearance on September 15, 2022 where the stepmonster was heard suggesting her tidiness was due to not getting toilet paper and griped about there not being air conditioning in the transport van. Who effing who? I'm sorry, I have absolutely no empathy and no time for 
this step monster. But she can come to the UK, where air conditioning pretty much doesn't exist. Air conditioning is, like, quite literally a mythological experience that someone from the UK will only ever feel its cool embrace when they go on holiday abroad. In all honesty, I've been to Key Largo in Florida and stayed there for a couple of nights without air conditioning and only using a fan in the room, and I survived. So I think she can survive without there being air conditioning in the transport van. Okay, thanks, Echo. To put this more diplomatically, air conditioning isn't something we believe to be lawsuit-worthy because we only have it in our cars here in the UK, and even then, it's not very effective. You can argue that it's cold over here, but we do experience some pretty hot days for prolonged periods of time, and we manage our muggy humid heat by opening the windows and a fan or two in the room. There are plenty of places where the weather is very hot and people don't have air conditioning. And I think the point that we are trying to make is that prison isn't supposed to be comfortable. It's a punishment, not a holiday. In addition to El Paso County, the suit names multiple other people and organisations, including two deputies and a food company. She complained in the application to the courts that she had IBSC and had been unable to go poop for at least 16 days, with the original issue being flagged on the 18th of the 1st, 2022, and receiving no treatment until after 19th of the 8th, 2022. She'd be bloody dead on the crapper like Alvis if she hadn't pooped since January until August. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. Um, she'd be um, pretty septic. At least. Yeah. Septic shock, anyone? The second medical negligence claim was that she had apparently had an untreated concussion that had left her with ongoing issues in the form of headaches. Her other claim was that El Paso County had violated her First Amendment right through kosher violations, as apparently she follows a kosher diet, which we feel is fair if that's actually a necessary dietary requirement. While we recognise conditions in prisons aren't the best, we do think it's a bit rich that she would be attempting to sue people for violating her rights when she violated Gannon's. She took away his life in a very violent manner. But, alas, what more can we expect from a self-serving narcissistic step monster? Our thoughts and opinions. Based on their testimony in court, I think that Letitia made Harley send or faked messages from Harley that severely impacted Harley and Al's relationship. I'm of the opinion that Harley looked to Al like a father figure before all of this blew up, and their relationship will probably never be the exact same. But it is my sincerest hope that they are able to salvage some type of father-daughter bond, and that's one win that Letitia doesn't get. That's one piece of the family that Letitia doesn't get to tear apart. The lack of remorse and empathy from this step monster is absolutely infuriating to me. The literal disregard for people's thoughts and feelings and their lives, it just, it boggles my mind. I know we are in agreement about her trying to frame Harley, but to try and do that to your own kid, to want that for your kid, I think that on top of what we've already covered is just awful. And I think it really hammers home what an absolute monster Letitia is. 
to want your child in prison just as an attempt to keep control. I bet people at home are going, what? Frame Harley? Do you think we gloss over that part? No, it's just not explicitly stated in court, which is why we're mentioning it here. So our theory is that Letitia was trying to make Harley look like an accessory in some capacity, from asking her to pick up the cleaning materials to taking her on the journey where Gannon's body was later found. Additionally, she was supposed to be off of work from on the day of the murder, when in fact, when she was testifying, prosecution asked Harley about the statute of limitations and if she understood what that was, and she responded no. I wonder if Harley was considering reaching out to someone from her dad's side of the family and Letitia was trying to stop Harley from finding out the truth. One thing that kept being mentioned was Gannon's switch. It features in Letitia's deleted searches as, can you remotely find my switch? Yet, through the trial, it was stated that the switch was never located. There isn't any mentions of her having sold it or something like that. Considering it was one of his most prized possessions, you'd think they'd try and find it, right? So, we've come up with a few possibilities as to what may have happened to it. The first one being, she sold it. One of those times that she was unaccounted for, and it was done with an alias and cash in hand, so there's no real record of it. The second possibility we came up with was Gannon was concerned that he was about to lose his switch, so hid it from Letitia, somewhere like behind the toilet well. The problem with this, though, is I don't believe that with the intense scrutiny the authorities would have given the building and the extensive searches, including the ones I'm sure his dad would have checked all the places that Gannon would have hidden it. But the fact that Letitia searched, can Nintendo find my Switch? We doubt that this was the case. The third option, and it's the one I personally believe is the most likely, is that Letitia disposed of it. We've spoken about Letitia's mental health and her alleged condition versus the narcissistic tendencies that the experts thought she had. But because court is very conscious of time, they didn't cover a differential diagnosis. And we were thinking that look at all the false reporting that's been recorded. If this were medical, it would be a textbook Munchausen's. And we wondered if there was a similar disorder that was specifically for police reports and similar. Based on our research, the best thing we could find was a phenomenon called malingering, which is also seen in medical conditions. It's not recognised as a condition in the DSM-5-TR, but people who experience malingering create reasons to see the police or reserve services. And while rare, there have been instances where they confess to crimes that they haven't committed or perhaps even escalate their crimes. We believe that they should open an inquiry into Chance Hunt's death because we think that Letitia was the one to overdose him and cause his death. The reason being is because we think she initially intended for the same thing to happen with Gannon. She started texting Al and Harley on the morning of the murder, claiming Gannon had expressed wanting to try bath salts. As tough as it may be for Harley to go through this, it could be fundamental in knowing the actual truth. Our final consideration for this topic is the unspoken victims. Gannon's family, our housegirl, 
And we hope that you have a way of remembering your warrior that truly helps you all. We also want you to consider Harley. Harley is currently working as an influencer and content creator whilst planning on Sijin to become a nurse. She's had to support herself from the age of 17 to get herself fully back on her feet. Obviously, to do this, she does have an online pre presence and she has been a victim to trolling online. So if you are to encounter her, please be kind. Her only crime is putting her faith in the wrong person and you can hardly blame her for that. You're supposed to be able to trust your mother. I hope that she has a therapist who can help her work through more trauma than any of us will ever truly know. I also hope that the rest of Letitia's family are also considered when people are making discussions because you can't help the monsters that you're related to. And we hope that the general public remembers this. And if not, let this serve as a reminder. Finally, there is a lot of stigma out there for many, if not all, of the conditions that we have discussed this evening. But let it be known that one person's actions shouldn't be the judgment bar for a whole group. All the conditions we have discussed today have a bad reputation, particularly the narcissistic personality traits, because of it, their general nature. Just remember, the actions of an individual do not a generalisation make. So this has been the first case that we have covered and we hope that you found it interesting and informative. We ask that the comments be kept respectful and remember that this was somebody's life and they still have families and it's hard enough without some internet troll out to cause harm. I'd like to add as well that for me, I don't know about you Turtle, but for me this has been a particularly difficult case to cover. Especially the fact that being a mum being a parent of a child with ADHD. Um, it makes it very difficult and there are a lot of similarities from what I've read between and my own child. So I may seem totally unsympathetic to Letitia and, and I pretty much am because I just see so much of my own child in Ganon when reading about him and I do my heart really does go out to his family. Uh, yeah, I definitely can uh, sympathise there. There have been times where I've just wanted to go and hug my babies close to me. It is a hard case. If you liked this video, please give us a like and subscribe. It helps boost us in the algorithm and it truly would mean the world to us to have your support in what we are doing. Thank you for watching and let's take a moment to remember the beautiful light that was Ganon Stouch. I'm about to play some Sonic Mania. Alright, let's zoom in. And yes, cameraman <clears throat> is right here. Grandpa Sour White Gaming. And yes, sign up for our channels. We're going to be doing a lot of these together. Give a shout out to him, his channel, Freedom. Alright. It is. You teasing Tails? Yes, I love Tails. He's my boy! Show it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got Ann Nichols! And Debo.
Fall and crack your face open. Dang. He's way better at this game than I am, guys. True that. Owie. <laughs> What if I get one subscriber right off the bat? Probably be me. Yeah. You can like your own videos. Owie! Gannon, you can like your own videos. Yeah, I know. Let's get her some views of him. Got it. Boy, you just passed by that checkpoint. Why is this guy boring?